Hey, everybody. I'm Dr. Randy Rourke, and this is the Uncharted Podcast. Guys, so glad that you're here. Kicking off February with a really good one. This is about the front desk love. This is about the front desk wanting love. They want to be included in what's going on, and they should be included in what's going on. Seeing the front desk as other is, uh, I will argue and do argue in this episode, it's kind of the default in clinics for a lot of us. We just uh, put our heads down and we look at the animals and we forget about the CSRs who are going to battle for us all day, every day. And that is, uh, that's a problem. We got to work through it. That needs to be part of our systems. It needs to be part of our practice. How do we include these people? Because we are one team and we have got to maintain that. So that's what we're getting into here. If you're a practice manager and you're going, oh, that's totally what we got to do. Uh, then you're the type of practice manager who should be at the Practice Manager Summit. We are running that February 11th through the 13th. It is one of our virtual summits, and it's not a bunch of webinars. It is a summit. There's a lot of hands-on work. This is going to be all about you as a practice manager, what will make your practice better, what you're wrestling with, uh, how you can improve, how you can find support, how you can make an impact in your business. Uh, head on over to UnchartedVet.com. I'll put a direct link down in the show notes. It is $2.99 for Uncharted members, $3.99 for non-members, and all also, if you even if you're not a practice manager, February 17th, we have instant team buy-in using the lean board. This is an awesome little tool. It's a 90-minute workshop. Uh, Dr. Mark Nunez walks you through how he sets up the lean board in his practice. The lean board is the replacement to the suggestion box. It is how your team can share ideas up the chain and take responsibility for them and help flush them out and get everyone to buy in and contribute to them. And it is not overwhelming for you as a manager or a doctor or a practice owner to uh, to have to uh, to have to take this stuff. And people don't feel ignored. It is a wonderful tool. You definitely want your toolbox. That is free for Uncharted members. It is $99 to the public. Again, I'll put a link for that down below. And uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. It's a little bit further ahead. I am doing my personal branding workshop at the end of March. It is, uh, I've never done this before. I, as I record this right now, I'm getting ready to do it as a uh, pilot program for one of the vet schools. I'm going to run it with them. But this is going to be a two-hour workshop with me on building a personal brand. That matters. That functions. That's not vanity. That actually helps your career and gets you to, uh, to the place that you want to be. And so, again, I've never done this before. I've never shared this before. I have it laid out on uh, my whiteboard. It actually fills three whiteboards right now of what I hope to share with you guys. But, um, but yeah, if you want to talk about uh, building the brand of the doctor uh, or, you know, or whoever you are, I'm going to share with you what I have learned the hard way over 10 years in this, uh, in this kind of crazy career that I've made for myself. So anyway, I would love to see you guys there. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It is me. And Stephanie, beautiful stranger goss. <laughs> How's it going, Andy? It's going great. How are you? Good. Good. It's uh it's a it's a new day. It's a it's a early day, but it is a new day. I was catching some of the news, watching all of the changes and the um preparations for transition with uh an the government and so that was that was the start of the day and it is sunny outside in Washington and even though it is early I am I'm I've got some energy I'm caffeinated <laughs> that is awesome. how are you I'm good 
I am good. I got a big day, but looking forward to it. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. Things are uh, things are good. The world is uh, world's a crazy place. We're recording this on inauguration day, yeah. uh, first thing in the morning. So uh, hoping hoping for a good smooth day across this great country of ours. Yep. And uh, and yeah, and and not stressing uh, too much about anything. <laughs> Uh. Well, I am excited because um, we got a letter in the mailbag that comes from uh, our friendly neighborhood CSR. And this one has my heart. Um, The CSRs, uh, you know, the front desk is where I started in the veterinary practice. And so I always love hearing from um, the CSRs. And this is a question that I have been asked countless times. And so I think it's a good one for us to tackle. Um, We got an email that said, I'm a new listener to your podcast and I absolutely love it. I've been listening to different episodes. It's been very informative and has been helping me in my job as a CSR. I would love to suggest an episode that focuses specifically on CSRs. As a CSR, I feel like we're the face of the hospital. We're the first line of defense and a lot falls on us. In my small animal practice, we're responsible for all kinds of things. Um, they gave us a whole list and and anybody who works in veterinary medicine knows that the CSR's job, they wear a lot of hats. Everything from writing out, uh, uh, you know, writing the appointment schedule to, uh, you know, scheduling answering the phones, cleaning exam rooms, any, 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 and all of the things that kind of fall through the cracks, a lot of times get dumped on the CSR's plate. And so this CSR said, I feel like the rest of the hospital, and particularly at their hospital, the doctor team tends to take us for granted. Is there a way that we can show how essential we are without it becoming confrontational? Your friendly neighborhood CSR. Absolutely. We can definitely do that. Yeah. I love this. So I, I love this all. So I am. Uh, I'm a big CSR. I'm a big CSR fan. Yeah. Uh, I. I mean, I love our profession. I love our CSRs. Let me talk to you about uh, a dirty secret in vet medicine. Ooh. Okay. That I like. We need, it. Yeah. Um, there is, I think, for most of us in vet medicine, an idea of other about the front desk. You know, so so what I mean when I say that is there are those of us who came up in the back mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? And we were the kennel kid and then we were the assistant. Right. And then we went to vet school or we went to tech school and we have always been in the back. Right. And we have always bandaged the animals and handled the animals and run the anesthesia. And for us, the people who do not do the medicine, who do not, you know, their job description does not involve patient care right they are something different (laughs) okay and you could see how that would be true right like you can see that um that's we need to work against that as a profession right and a good hospital and this is this is something i really want to grab uh managers and veterinarians by the lapels and say you're missing a trick if you don't address this you know what i mean and and fix this right absolutely so let me let me give some love to the CSR. So the CSRs are, are a massive part of our practice, and they're becoming a bigger part of our practice, right? Yep. Because communication is more important now than ever, especially when you're talking about digital sure communication thing. and people are sending texts and yep. things like that. Like, man, they are your mouthpiece yep. in a world that is more connected, hyper-connected than ever before. Absolutely. And in a world where people write online reviews and word of mouth is this big force that, you know, that is probably beyond what it was in the olden days when people you know didn't have social media to complain about things you know and, and stuff like that 
And so their value to the practice and their ability to help us, especially again, when everything was on paper, that's different. And now they have access to the, to the medical records at the same time as the people in the back do. And, and like, I just can't understate their value. And I think a lot of us still, uh, we, we still hold on to the experiences that we had when we were kennel kids mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? And the front desk was, was other. The other thing is, um, being at the front desk is extremely hard in vet medicine. Like you deal with emotional people that you don't deal with yeah. when you work at um, a, a, an insurance office, right. you know, at the front desk, or if you work as a bank teller at the front. And you better believe that if someone's smart enough and good enough to be a CSR at your practice, they can be a CSR at a lot of other businesses that don't have that don't have the people that we have in the emotional situations that we have them. You Absolutely. Know? And so the possibility of them being poached is extremely high, and yeah. they could absolutely go somewhere else, as, as opposed to a technician who's invested years into getting credentialed as a technician, for example, or a veterinarian who's got four years in student debt tied up in being a vet. Your CSR could be a CSR at the dentist tomorrow, and it would not be a step back in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's it's true. And, you know, I I appreciate um, I appreciate the, the CSRs. Um, having having come from there, having started at the front desk, um, and at the same time, like I have done, I have I have worked every role in a practice, with the exception of going to vet school and becoming a veterinarian. And I can tell you that the hardest job out of all of the jobs, and I and I went to tech school, the hardest job was the front desk because you're mm-hmm. dealing with so, you're wearing. A hundred hats at one time. Yep. You're dealing with the people. You're dealing with the medicine. You're dealing with the animals. You're dealing with all of the things, and it is a juggling act all day long. And so, I think you and I both um, are very firmly in the camp of the CSRs don't uh, don't ever get enough love in 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 any yep. way to to measure what they should be getting based on based on what they do and what they put up with. So, I think That's that right. it's a it's a really great question and I love how they asked, which is we just want to show that we're essential. Um yes. and how can we do it without being confrontational? Well, totally. well, here's here's the other thing too. You go, "Well, um I just put the question out to the world and say, why do CSRs do this job? Like why and why do they do it for you when they could go do it for the law firm down the road?" Right. A, you know, like, what what is their motivation? And the answer is, they want to be a part of what you do. They want to be a. They want to be caregivers. They want to be healers. They want to work with animals. They want to. Uh, they want to have the higher purpose that those of us who practice medicine uh, have. Yes. And if you deprive them of that higher purpose, then they have to wonder, what the heck am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just that is that is just a, a big belief of mine. And and the last part is, I would say, you know, if you don't actively work against this idea of the front desk as other, um, then then you undermine this whole concept of team. You know, all for one, one for all. We are all interdependent. We all because we are interdependent. Mm-hmm. We rely on the front desk, and the front desk relies on us to back them up. And, you know, and to and to support them and to help them and to not leave them sitting there in the waiting room with angry people who right. are, you know, an hour into their wait. Yeah. You know, like we all are dependent on each other and letting them feel like other 
it undermines that sense of in, interdependence. And that interdependence is, I mean, it, it's where a lot of meaning and purpose comes from. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it's about it's about feeling like you did something that mattered. And, you know, if they're cut out of what's going on and they're not included, uh, you know, in those conversations, then it makes me wonder if they feel that they that they are having that impact. And, and, and then, uh, yeah, and then I, I just, I worry about them them drifting away as a and in addition to all of the communication problems that we see right when the front desk it, uh, it drifts off onto their own island yeah so i think i think for this one um the the biggest thing for me from a headspace perspective is you know what you and i always talk about which is are we safe to have this conversation because um the fact that the <laughs> our friendly neighborhood csr said um you know can we show how essential we are without it becoming confrontational makes me think that there's probably some tension and there's probably um they are probably struggling to keep it unemotional and so um for and for that could that could be for a whole myriad of reasons i have seen everything from um the attitude from team members including doctors of well they don't have any actual training so so they their 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 worth is discounted to to just not understanding what it is that they do, um, you know, and and that lack of understanding creates an environment where they feel um, not valued and supported. And so whatever the myriad of reasons, knowing whether you're safe to have the conversation, can you sit down and can you smile at this doctor team when you're having this conversation? Um, you know, are, are both, are you assuming good intent? You know, are you coming at it from a place of, I know that you care about us, about the team, about the welfare of the practice, the patients and the clients. And so I I need to make sure that we're all working at this together. For for me that's the assuming the good intent here is being able to come at it from that perspective. If you're not, you should sit down and probably not have the conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. At, this, at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then, totally. and then the F have, has anybody been set up to, has anybody been set up to fail? You know, have, have, does the team know what you do? Do you have a job description? Do, have they, have they witnessed all of the things that you're, uh, that you're doing? If not, that's the easy way for there to be massive failure here. If, if people genuinely don't have an idea of what it is that you're doing, that's a, that's a failure on both sides. Um, and yep. and the conversation is not going to go so well. <laughs> not going to go so well, you know. And then um and then knowing what they what you want to um to get out of it. Where what what is the end point here? Where where do you where do you want to go to with this conversation? Yeah, no, I, I think I think the safe headspace is is the way to go going in. I I really I I think. I think knowing who you're going to have the conversation with and why you're going to have the conversation is also really important. Culture comes from the top. You yeah. know, it, 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 it really does. I think the frustration of being the front desk and trying to talk to the, to the technical team, the doctor team, I think that that is, that feels, I'll say it feels futile to me. It feels like a very, very uphill battle. If ownership and management are not walking the, walking the talk, you know, and including the front desk and showing that they believe that the front desk is valuable and that they believe the front desk is a part of the team and they're integral. I, th- I think it's going to be really hard to change how this all feels inside the practice. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I really do put this 
I think that what the front desk can do is, I hate to say it, but I feel like the, what the front desk can do in these situations is fairly limited beyond the conversation that we're going to set up. I mean, I think you, you take your shot and there's definitely a way we can do this and we can bring it up and we can talk about it in a non-confrontational way. And I think we should. I think in order for change to really happen, leadership is going to have to buy into the idea that the front desk is valuable and important yeah. and they should be included as part of the team Agreed. and, and, and talk to that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so practice managers, uh, practice owners and even and associate veterinarians i'm talking to you because uh as an associate vet i'll tell you the way that the techs see the front desk often to, uh, they often are influenced by how the doctors see the front desk and if the doctors mm-hmm. act like the front desk are an annoyance because they're dropping charts and putting up post-it notes then the whole team kind of picks up on that and mm-hmm. goes oh yeah the front desk is so annoying look at them doing their jobs <laughs> God, I hate them. <laughs> God, so I hate stupid. when people do their jobs. God, I hate when she takes a <laughs> message with good customer service speed and accuracy <sighs> and gives it to me with with hopes that I will respond in a timely <laughs> manner. God, that makes me mad. And it seems <laughs> it seems so ridiculous, but I'm laughing because so I've true. seen it. It's because it's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it is, it's totally true. So culture comes from the top. Uh, it, it really is. You, know, It's like essentially me talking to the front desk and being like, all right, here's what you have to do. That's essentially like me talking to the new kid at school who's kind of on the outside and being like, here's how you talk to the other kids. And the truth is you didn't go to the other kids and be like, hey, look, bring the new kid in. And don't make them feel bad, you know, like include them in what's going on. Like they obviously have all the power to bring these people in. Same thing is like, hey, hey, doctors, you're in the back with the assistants and the technicians and the manager and the practice owner. And they're up there in the front desk by themselves. And so it's real inclusion is on you. You know what I mean? Like you are the large group. Inclusion is on you. And so, bring, you know, bring bring them in. I don't know. I, that's that's kind of the, the general thought. I won't belabor the point any anymore, but I do just want to point out, I see this all the time. I think it's very easy uh, to 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 get into front desk as other. And the other thing, um, I think that uh, I think that people think that it's uh, there. There's subtle things that happen because the front desk is not there. And so when I'm swamped. And the front desk comes and gives me a message to call someone. I'm not going to get mad at the client. And I'm not going to get mad at my staff who I'm working with. So it's easy for me to go, oh, God, another, come on. And I'm not really mad at the front desk, but I'm still, I'm still being negative when, you know, after they leave. And, and that, that feels bad. And it sets a, a, a sort of a, a toxic cloud, if you will. And I think I think we all need to be aware of that and just, just stop that habit. Yeah, yeah. So when we're going to sit down and have a conversation <clears throat> and we have decided who we're talking to, maybe we are talking to the one-on-one, to the person that you mentioned who's creating the toxic cloud. Like maybe this is they have seen someone directly – having behavior that makes it feel like they they don't have value, like they're not a part of the team, that they're not included. Or maybe it's a bigger conversation of how do we get the team to understand our jobs? Maybe you're a CSR working in that practice where there are no job descriptions and nobody actually knows what it is that you do. Um, how do you how do you start to how do you start to tackle it? 
that conversation. Yeah. So a, a couple a couple of things that um, that come to mind right off the bat. Okay. The easiest way to start these conversations, if you're the front desk, right? The easiest way is to pick a success. Right. Think about the client interaction that went great because it's easy to be like, hey, remember yesterday when uh, this person waited forever and Mm -hmm. didn't get picked up and it was because someone didn't like the way that the chart was placed into the holder (laughs) or, you know, or, or, you know, they weren't checked in in this certain way. Like it's because that's the stuff that people get really mad about and they want to talk about. But the easiest way to influence change is say, hey, remember yesterday when we aced it? Remember how hey, remember how yesterday afternoon everything went awesome right why do you guys think that was you know or um you know i was thinking about why that went well and then we talk about all the good things that happened right Mm -hmm. like find the day when the front and the back do communicate Mm -hmm. find the day when you went to the back as a csr and the doctor explained what was happening and what was going on and what the situation was and then you were able to, uh, you know, to set expectations for the clients and handle these things and reschedule this person mm-hmm. and go back and say, yesterday was great. And I think it, I really do think it was because we had this conversation and because this happened and I felt like at the front desk we knew what was going on. Yeah. And they go, oh, well, we can do that. Well, I mean, if that's, I mean, yeah, let's make that happen again. Mm-hmm. And so, so. It may sound simple, but it's 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 amazing how rarely it happens. Yeah, and it's so again we get we get mad at when when things don't work, and so we go and we fight about what happened and what and what was bad. It can be more powerful from a change standpoint to talk about the great day that you had when Doctor So and So was in, and you guys talked, or or you came back into the back and you understood what was going on, right? And then how much easier that made the front desk, and how you were able to help the back by using the knowledge that you had gained from communication. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it may sound like all sunshine and rainbows. It kind of is, but it, it really does work. But it is the least confrontational way ever. Is you say, hey, yesterday was amazing. And you guys were amazing. And you crushed it. And this is why you crushed it. And I would like to do that every day. Can we, can we do that every day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, are there ways? And I'm open. But are there ways that we could reproduce this outcome again and again? Because that would be awesome. Yeah. Another another similarly positive way um, that starts with inquiry for the CSRs is to to go to the doctor team or go to a doctor and say, hey, you know, um, I realized yesterday when we were checking out your surgery that I don't really know all of the answers to the questions that the assistant was helping the client with. And I would love to be able to help you guys with checkouts um, so that if there isn't somebody available, I can help make that go smoother and faster. Can I, can I come watch, uh, you know, what's happening in the back so that I understand so I can help you guys um, do your job better. I mean, CSRs are naturally helpers. If you approach it from that perspective, then it becomes super easy to Jedi mind trick and flip the script and say, you know what I also think would be super helpful? I think it would be great if the assistants had an idea of what happens for us during surgery discharge time and how, you know, and they can see 
kind of all the things we're juggling because, you know, the phones are really, really busy at, at four o'clock and we've got all of the patients going home from surgery and the normal appointments. And there might be things that they can help us with the same way that we can help you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea, I, I'm a firm believer that every clinic should have an actual formal cross-training program or process. But if you don't, starting from a place of inquiry and saying, how can I help make your job go smoother? There is zero confrontation in that. Someone would have to be a total um, a-hole to look at you and say, no, I don't want you to help me do my job better. Sorry. You know, like you just, you couldn't, I can't imagine that there would be that response ever because there's no reason for it. Like if you were going to them yeah. and you're saying, how can I help you do your job better? There's, there's no reason for them to say no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I tweak that wording just a slightly to say, how can I make your life easier? Um, <laughs> yeah. How can I make your life easier? Uh, you know, um, I, I, again, I, the front desk can do that. You know what I mean? And so there is great power. So I, I do, I can, I'm completely hundred percent with you. I think that, that, um, I think that that's, I think that is absolutely the way that you as the front desk have the conversation to say, I want to be valuable to you. Mm -hmm. I want to make your life easier. I want to get better patient out care. I want to help our clients. I want to help our patients. Help me to do that. And there's nine, you guys, there's nine million opportunities for that. You could pick, uh, can I come watch what happens when you prep a patient first for discharge and you're, you know, getting them ready to go home? What does that look like so that I can right. help problem solve that? You could say, you know, I would love to know um, what the conversations in the exam room look like when you guys are talking to them about, um, you know, annual um, wellness care and preventatives. Because, you know, we get asked a lot of questions about vaccines or we get asked a a lot of questions about, um, you know, flea and tick control. Like, I would love to see that. Can I come shadow in the exam room and and watch what you what you guys do and how you how you have those conversations? Because I just feel like I really could help. you know, help you guys, but also help do my job better at the front desk um, by maybe taking some of those questions off of your plate before they even get to the exam room. Um, there's so many opportunities for you to pick something where you could have a better understanding that would in turn help the team work together better. Um, pick pick any of them and use it as a starting place. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you got a, you've got a lot of different levers you can pull here. And so we've already talked about, um, I want to make your life easier. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, get patient outcomes to be better. I think the other things you can say is, hey, uh, I think uh, I want to improve communication across the practice and make sure that we're communicating and that we're being communicated to right. and just generally improve our flow of information from the front to the back. I think uh, you can talk about, I want to improve our customer service. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to improve customer service, I need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it, and it kind of goes back to what we always talk about is uh, what does the person you're talking about care about? And we're going to, pro- we're going to, we're going to bump that up. Mm-hmm. You know, is yeah. their focus patient care? Is their focus simplicity and having their life made easier? Is their focus the clients and customer service and delivering value? Is their purpose revenue generation and saying, Hey, we can talk about services that we offer if we know what those services right. are yeah. and how they work. Yeah. Um, so so really, you've got a lot of different levers that you can pull, and I would I would play them differently depending on who I was talking to, and what their what their primary interests are. Mm-hmm. But um, but I just I, I do think that there's a lot of opportunity here for having 
these conversations and doing them in a non-confrontational positive way at, at, at some point I go back again uh, you're gonna you need leadership support you know you need the people in the back to see the value and to reach out and to drive this this interaction well and so the ne- my next my next tool is something that as a manager has um, brought what is happening that I was unaware of to the forefront for me which is um look you don't have to be in a position of of power within the practice to to celebrate each other so if you guys have a kick butt day where the csr team worked really well together um or you even as a csr a solo csr manned the desk and things went right say it bring it celebrate Mm -hmm. that say you know if you have a team huddle or uh you know you use a messaging program or um however you guys communicate in your in your practice whatever that looks looks like say hey you know um great jessica and i had great teamwork today she kicked butt doing um you know this this um juggling juggling the phones because we got super crazy because I got stuck talking to Mrs. Smith, you know, in the typical 40 minute conversation that we always have to have with her. And she just covered everything. And I just really want to appreciate her and say thank you for, um, you know, being an awesome teammate and helping me kick butt today. When, when things have come up in a celebratory positive way as a manager, it has often alerted me to the fact that maybe this CSR team is floundering a bit and is feeling not feeling the love or mm-hmm. you know if what i'm hearing in a celebratory way is very isolated like it's always the csrs celebrating each other and nobody else acknowledging them that is often a very eye-opening thing for for me as a as a manager or as a practice owner um that is also again not confrontational it's not finger pointing it's not you know the the team in the back streets is like crap and we're sick of it it is just very much Hey, this this positive thing keeps happening, but it's only happening in this one way. Maybe I should take a look at that. Um, and that's something super easy that as a team member you can do is celebrate those successes. Bring it up. Make people aware of what you're doing because you guys, the reality is we're all super busy. Nobody is sitting around twiddling their thumbs in veterinary medicine right now. <laughs> like everybody is going through their day at 100 miles an hour. And so you're right. I don't see all of the things that the CSR team is doing as a manager. I also don't see all of the things you guys are doing as a technician. If I'm on the floor and I'm dealing with, you know, naughty patients and naughty clients who aren't answering their phones and I've got all of my own problems, I'm wrapped up in that. And it's not intentional. It's I'm not ignoring what's going on with you, but it is it is happening. And so bringing it to the forefront and saying, hey, this is these are things that are going really well or that I really appreciate is just a very non-confrontational and subtle way to say, "Hey, pay attention to me." Yeah, yeah, I I love it. I th- I think you're I think you're right on. So yeah, that's um sort of quick and to the point. But I really do think that that is, I do think that's the key. Um, I my biggest takeaway from this is, uh, if you're the CSRs, ce- celebrate what's good, celebrate what's possible, and lean into that over leaning into, hey we're getting excluded. Hey, people don't see value in us. People don't care about us. And that, that stuff may, may be true. And I'm not telling you not, not to feel that way. Right. But, but from a conversational standpoint, talking about 
what works well, what helps other people, and what is possible in the future. I just think that that is a much more door-opening approach than talking about failures that we've had in the past. And then the other part that I hope people get out of this is I really do as uh, for leaders in the practice, including head technicians. Head technicians are really important. Um, you have got to pull the front desk in. They are your friends. Right. They are there to help you. They want to be involved. They want to be included. They want to know what's going on. It makes them better at their job. And man, it makes your job better and easier. Yeah. And there's, there's two two other quick tools that I I would run through um, for the CSRs. Um, one of the, and this goes for, for everybody in the practice, but um, I wouldn't be the manager if I didn't <laughs> I didn't put on my manager hat and this does not have to do with your handbook, Andy, um, but <laughs> it's another manager <laughs> tool, which is, um, you know, do you, do you guys have, do you guys have checklists and do they live where it's visible? Because I, it sounds so stupid that it's that simple, but if you have a well fleshed out checklist and it's hanging on the wall at the front desk and everybody can see it and everybody can see the volume of stuff that you are accomplishing on a daily basis, that really helps. Like our jobs are so different. And in every practice, every practice runs runs things differently. The CSR's job varies so widely. So does the assistant's job. So does the technician's job. So having checklists and having them visible so that other people can see what you're doing all day long. And also if they don't actually know what your job is, for a doctor to be able to like on the sly come up there and be like, hmm, I'm gonna look at their checklist and see what they actually do because I have no idea what they actually do all day. Like that is so, so easy. So if you don't, or if you have it in a binder that's tucked away at the front desk and it's not out on your counter, put it up, put it put it out yeah. where your your team can see it so that you guys know what you're doing all day long for each other. Yeah. Um, and the last one is actually a lesson that you taught me, Andy, which is, uh, <laughs> which is um, a really, it's been a very, very hard lesson for me to learn. And it's one that I'm still working on. Um, but it's, it's this idea that you have to state your reality. So CSRs generally get asked, like, I will literally be on the phone with a client and someone will come and stand next to me oblivious that I'm on the phone and in my other ear ask me to do something right and so, <laughs> and it's totally true um or I'll have you know we use we use walkie-talkies in the practice so I'll literally have someone talking in one ear while somebody else is talking in the other and so CSRs are problem solvers they're people people they're helpers that's why they do the job that they do they get satisfaction of that I've never met a CSR who lasts in that position that is not a helper. And so their natural tendency is to say, sure, I can take there. I can take it. Just leave that there. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. But when you get asked to do something and you are overwhelmed, even if the overwhelm was temporary, if you're juggling three phone lines on hold, say that. Say to the doctor who's asking you to just write this second fax something over to Walgreens for a client, say, I can absolutely do that. I have to finish with the four clients I have on the phone and then I will fax it over to you. It's going to take me about 15 minutes. Is that okay? Um, we don't do enough, especially those of us that are people pleasers and problem solvers. We don't do enough to state our reality. And, you know, you taught me the lesson of like, you, you have to say no. 
Because you can't, like, there is a critical mass point for all of us in our jobs. And so it's not necessarily about saying no. It's about saying no for right now, if that's true. Or if you absolutely legitimately are not going to be able to do the thing that they want you to do, just say that. Don't tell them yeah. yes and then not be able to do it. Tell them, I I absolutely cannot right now. I have this fire that I'm putting out. Can you ask somebody else for help? And if you can't get help, can you come circle back to me and I'll I'll see if I can help you figure out how we can get it taken care of. It's not about saying no. It's about saying what you can do or saying no for right right now. And that's a really, really powerful tool that I don't think that the CSRs leverage anywhere near enough because as a, as a whole, as a collective, as a breed, and I put myself in that group, we say, yeah, sure, leave it right here. I'll take care of it. Yep. When we probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Brene Brown says clear as kind. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like that. I like that phrase a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. I think um, I think being honest about what is possible is the best policy. Is the best policy. Totally. Totally. So that's it. Cool. That's that's what I got. I hope that it helps our friendly neighborhood CSR feel a little bit better about how to start the conversation. It doesn't. I, I think you and I both agree it has to start at the top for real change to take place but that doesn't mean that you can't start the grassroots effort from the middle of the team and say hey guys i need you to recognize how amazing we are and how much we're kicking butt and there are a whole bunch of ways to do that that are absolutely not confrontational yeah you can change the culture i mean it 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 takes time but i love that you said grassroots that's what it is it's talking about small changes that we can make and we can communicate better and yeah can we start to build those relationships with the with the with the treatment staff and you know just ultimately it really is about cultivating relationships Mm -hmm. and and keeping lines of communication open and yeah breaking down the 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 bubbles i love it all right man well thanks for doing this with you steph yeah hopefully it was helpful have a great week you guys we will uh, we'll see you back here soon. See you soon. And that's what we got for you today. Thanks for sticking with us. I hope you got some good stuff out of it. I really enjoyed this episode. If you did get something out of it, uh, share with your friends. Let your friends know that it's here. Uh, send it on to anybody who might uh, who might benefit from it. That's We're here to serve. We're here to help. We want to lift people up. We want to make practice better for everybody. And you can do uh, the rate and review thing on iTunes. iTunes is uh, sort of the go-to for looking for reviews of podcasts. If you want to hop over there and write us an honest review of what you think of the podcast, it means the world to me and Stephanie. It's really uh, something nice that you can do for us. All right. Um, ooh, if you want to put your uh, letter in the mailbag, we are happy to help. We love taking letters like this from the mailbag. The email address is podcast at uh, unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. It's also down in the show notes below. Take it easy, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye.